Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Launch Pod. This month is Career Development Month, and we'll be talking to our guest, Yolanda Mercer, who is a career counselor for the Career Resource Center over in the Chaffetz School of Business. We'll also be talking to Nikhil, who is one of our personal international student ambassadors right here in Career Services. Hey everyone, we have Yolanda Mercer here, which is a career counselor at the Career Resource Center for the Chaffetz School of Business. Not only does Yolanda have her career counselor title, but she also has written a ton of different books and speaks at different conferences, which I know we'll talk a little bit about later. But other than that, Yolanda, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. Well, I am originally from Raleigh, North Carolina, which is about a thousand miles away. Um, So just transitioning here to St. Louis. Um, My background is in higher ed. So I've been a counselor in higher ed for the past five years. And I just enjoy working with this population of students. Amazing. So as I said earlier, I know that you have a few different books, but the first one I wanted to kind of bring up was the Come Out of the Cave. Can you tell me a little bit more about that book? Yeah, absolutely. This book was really stemmed from, well, all of my books are stemmed from personal inspirations. This one more so was definitely centered around just coming out of your comfort zones. Um, During this time of writing this book, it was during the pandemic. And pre-pandemic, I literally just went to work and came home. (laughs) Um, I didn't have any friends, like I wasn't traveling, and I wasn't just spontaneous or courageous enough to try new things. And so this really inspired me to not only encourage others, but to encourage myself to try new things, to travel, to come out of your comfort zone. So whatever your cave may be, it could be, you know, a quiet personality. It could be, you know, not being adventurous with the foods that you try or not being willing to travel or even meeting new people and developing new friendships at a later age, Uh, whatever your cave is, it's definitely important to come out of it and come out of those comfort zones that really do hinder us from growing. I like that analogy as well. I remember my grad school professor used to always say everyone was unfinished, dot, dot, Mm -hmm. dot. And so I feel like that kind of correlates with coming out of the cave as well. And I know um, you have done conferences. And again, I know I said I was going to ask you more about that later, but you've done caves conferences, correct? Yes. um, That is actually a conference that I do annually. And that's literally the theme of it. Just really inviting speakers to present and speak around that topic of whether it's confidence in yourself and in your abilities, whether it's learning more about your purpose or direction in life. And then, of course, lastly, just coming out of your comfort zones and having that level of fearlessness to just try you know, what's the worst that can happen. So it's something that, again, forced me to come out of my comfort zone because I had never planned a conference for myself. I've helped, like, as far as, of course, universities for work, but I've never myself hosted my own conference. So 
it definitely forced me to come out of my comfort zone, try something different, and definitely meeting new people because I do consider myself to be an introvert. I'm never the loudest person in the room, but this type of thing really forces me to just speak up and really talk to new people that I may not know um, and definitely just interacting, being more social and being willing to share any perspective that I may have on this topic. And on top of that, the amount of adaptability you probably gain from creating your own conference, I can only imagine. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That is 100% true. <laughs> I believe that. But that's a good thing to have, obviously. We both know that. So Yes. <laughs> so on top of that book, I know you also have Breaking Up with Comparison. And when you were writing that, what would you like students to do to like set themselves apart from other people when they are applying for jobs? How does that correlate with your book? Oh, it directly correlates just because the main purpose of me writing that book was for myself. Uh, I had experienced a great deal of comparison when I graduated from college because a lot of my friends in college had amazing offers straight out of college and they were getting married and buying homes. And that was not my path. That something that I did not experience. And so in my mind, I felt as though I was behind or I was not successful just because I was comparing my path and my purpose and my destiny to someone else that was not me. And so I found that that definitely hindered my level of confidence in the progress that I could have been having because I was so focused on a plan that was not even my own. And so I do find even in my one-on-one sessions that students do often compare themselves. They want internships, not because they're interested in a certain industry, but because their friends have internships or they are interested in a certain career, not because it's a passion that they possess, but because a family member was in that career and they would like to assimilate their path and their career plan. And so I do quite often see students that are utilizing comparison to really direct their lives in the wrong direction. And by encouraging students to focus on your own plan and your own skills, your own abilities, it really does encourage them to be able to have more introspection, like the assessments that we provide them or have more self-concept like a lot of the programs and events that we put on because in this way they do begin to develop more insight on the career paths that they desire to take. It's definitely helpful for them to have those resources and the fact that you guys are able to show them that even if they're not necessarily just like their peers that they have different ways of going about strengthening their skills. So I really love that we're able to do that especially with those assessments and such too. Yes, I think they're very helpful. Even like I said, the programming, um, 
a couple of weeks ago, I did a program just centered around, you know, the business behind golf. And a lot of students attended because they were questioning what path they wanted to go down. So being able to hear what other pathways there are that may not be traditional, that they do often compare themselves to other students uh, is extremely helpful. Even this week, I'm doing a second one, partnering with the Center for Entrepreneurship, where we'll find different employers who turned their nine to five into businesses. So just kind of hearing like, oh, well, maybe, you know, my friends, they're going down this pathway of a certain industry or company, but maybe that's not my path. Maybe I can start my own or maybe I can get some ideas of what my passions that I already have and my great abilities and levels of expertise could turn into something of self-employment. So I love at least being able to provide them with different perspectives of what a career may look like. Yes. And this, the fact that we know that you're not going to stay with the same thing right when you get out of college. <laughs> with that being said, I know you were bringing up what they are able to bring to the employer. And I saw on your website something about a gift institute program. Can you yeah. talk more about that? Yeah, this is a one-on-one -on -one coaching program where predominantly I work with women. And so this is a program that allows women to sign up and just begin to receive coaching and guidance on the gifts that they actually possess. I think that a lot of times we all have a lot of skills and a lot of gifts and they just haven't been unearthed. And so I definitely love being able to assist women in discovering their gifts and really trying to define specific goals that they could possibly set for themselves to achieve within those gifts. I'm really big on placing women in environments that force them to show up differently. So let's say that you really discover that you have a niche to speak or present. So I literally will create a online seminar. I'll invite like 30 to 50 people and I'll give you the opportunity to speak and present. <laughs> and some of them are just like, whoa, like this is an idea, but you are already creating this into a reality. I don't know if I'm ready for this, <laughs> but it forces them to really show up differently, to really take the gifts that they have learned that they have, that during that time we sharpen those gifts and then we demonstrate them, you know, and to me, that's the only way that you can truly grow and grow a gift and a skill effectively. And I feel like the gifts also correlate with the caves you were talking about with earlier, because not only are you utilizing what you currently have skills with, but then that also, like you were mentioning, it took that those people out of their comfort zone. Yes, 110%, because I think more than anything, people are just afraid of failure. And I think that 
when you just, as they always say, do it scared, then it really eliminates the opportunity for fear to have complete control over the actions and the behavior and the actual mobility that can be present in someone's aspirations to pursue a goal, a gift, a skill, or a career. Nice, nice. And so that kind of goes with the next question I had for you. Again, so many books of yours. I love that though. So your most recent one is called Born to be Wild. And I know it said that it focuses on the unforeseeable future. So how would students navigate those what ifs or what's next? I would definitely say navigating what ifs to me is definitely doable when you can change your what ifs. It's very easy for what ifs to be invited to take up residence in your mind. And I always joke and say, you never let something stay on your mind that you wouldn't allow to stay on your couch. (laughs) And I really believe that even if it's a person, like I never let somebody stay on my mind that I wouldn't allow to even stay on my couch. So I definitely think that it's important to really share and encourage students to be free from familiarity. I, Of course, as humans, we are creatures of habit. We like things t- to be full of normalcy, and we like to know what is going to happen next. And so that fear of uncertainty, that fear of not knowing what the career path is going to be, not knowing if that employer is going to call you back, not knowing if you're going to get this internship. It's definitely stressful for students and you can hear it in their voices when they come in for a one-on-one session. And so to me, releasing yourself and relinquishing that level of control is very, very important when it comes to even the concept of Born to be Wild, because that's centered around transition and really welcoming transition. Uh, And clearly, we know that time of your life as a college student is full of transition because you do have to transition from the world of college to the world of work. And sometimes that can be overwhelming. So really encouraging students not to stress while they are in that job search process, not to be overwhelmed while they are in the interviewing process and taking the time to not have to feel as though things have to be certain, things have to be figured out. Like you said earlier, you're never going to be, well, some people are in the same job for 30 years, but most people are not. And so this is our reality, you know? And so relieving yourself from that level of stress is definitely important when you have this concept of transition and, you know, this world of uncertainty. I always like to reassure students that they will find something like there will be something that will happen. And I like both of the sayings, either of uh, rejection is protection or rejection is redirection. Mm -hmm. But I like to bring that up to them, too, just for them to realize, like, 
Because as you said, even though there are people who would stick with something for 30 years, I feel like that those things are kind of going out the, the door type thing. So people change their minds. They grow each decade. They're, you know, older and stuff too. Yes. <laughs> so I brought up the cave conferences earlier a little bit, but I know you've also spoke at a lot of different other ones about similar topics. So what are some of the key things that you present on when it comes to that and how they can help our listeners? Yeah, well, definitely another topic that is pretty frequent is just a topic centered around purpose. Um, I love speaking about purpose just because it definitely intertwines even with my nine to five career, just assisting students with figuring out and discovering this path through life. And so I definitely love speaking about how to find your purpose, what is purpose, and how you can definitely utilize your gifts and your skills um, to actually walk in your purpose. I think a lot of people go through life not knowing, you know, what their purpose is or where they are supposed to function in life. Um, Even just something as simple as what do you love to do and what are you good at are amazing places to start it when you are trying to discover your purpose. And even those two simple questions can be very difficult for someone to answer right on the spot without heavy reflection. So I enjoy being able to just encourage people to take the time and really navigate that space and really take a deep dive into the things that they actually enjoy in life and those areas in the world that to them are missing, that they feel like they can feel and show up in a huge way and make an impact with something that they're passionate about. So I definitely enjoy that. Um, even coming up within a month, um, I'll be speaking at a conference called She Connects. And basically, um, it's for women who are in business um, or entrepreneurship within St. Louis and just giving them an opportunity to hear more about that process of finding your purpose, even reinventing yourself. Last month, I released my fifth book called New Kid on the Block, and it's about the art of starting over, you know, and what that looks like, um, how scary it can be to start a new career or to move to a new state or to start, you know, a new pathway in life, a new relationship, what all of these new areas in your life really can prepare you for. And definitely being able to speak at conferences like this, not only, of course, assist those who are listening um, and attending, but again, like I said, it forces me to come out of my comfort zone and uh, speak to perfect strangers Um, have conversations with people about, you know, similar things that they have experienced and truly connect with women uh, all over the world. And with those conferences, I know obviously you hear a lot of different speakers and they are really inspiring. What would you say the value of these events are? Like, why should people attend them? 
I think a great, huge part of that value and the core values of these conferences is just the richness of the information. Also, just the level of transparency. Uh, I think that definitely learning through information is great. I think learning through someone's experience is even greater because you get to truly feel that impact that that certain event has truly had on someone's life. Uh, Also, just giving you the chance to have that face to face value as well. A lot of times when you get to sit down and actually speak and meet with someone that you feel like shares a lot of value in their level of expertise, uh, it can be very enriching to have that type of access to someone that can truly connect with you and align with your principles and and definitely your values as well. And then I would say lastly, just the networking, being able to meet so many people that are in areas that you may want to be in, um, in careers that you may desire to transition into. Um, They may have, you know, pieces or journal publications or um, books that you desire to buy or glean from. Um, All of these things are are definitely amazing networking opportunities uh, where you truly can connect with others uh, and learn from them. Well, I would say just from talking with you these last uh, few minutes, you are clearly a busy lady. (laughs) And I personally do not believe you're introverted if you're able to do the amount of speaking you can do. (laughs) No, I really am. Like, it's so funny because, like I said, before the pandemic, I didn't have any friends. I would go to work and come home. And literally, that was my life. I never went anywhere. And once I like started coaching and writing, that's when people started asking me like, hey, do you speak about these topics at conferences? And literally the first conference that I was booked for, that's where I met my friends and we've been friends ever since. And they always say that extroverts are the ones that find their introverted friends. <laughs> and that's literally what happened. I had just spoke and I was waiting for my driver to take me back to my hotel. And they found me. They were like, hey, we're going out to dinner. Would you like to come with us? And I was saying to myself, not really. But, you know, I was nice. And I, you know, took... A step out of my comfort zone to have dinner with these perfect strangers. And we literally have been friends for the past three years and we travel together. That was my first ever girls trip in my life because I just I've always been extremely quiet and especially socially. So this entire journey um, from, you know, 2020 until now has truly just shifted 
my ability to, you know, interact with people, uh, especially socializing and literally just doing it on purpose because people, you know, may see me speak and think, oh my gosh, she, there's no way she's an introvert. But it's hilarious when someone's driving me like to the event and they'll say afterwards, you know, I want to be honest you didn't say a word on the ride over here. So I didn't know what you were going to talk about. <laughs> and then you start speaking and I'm like, oh, like she actually does talk. So yeah, I would definitely say these past three years have tremendously changed my life, challenged my personality and truly forced me to use skills that I didn't even know were there. <laughs> Yeah, the pandemic definitely has its pros and cons for everyone. And I feel like the pandemic made that five-year goal question kind of not as easy to answer. Oh, (laughs) that is so true. (laughs) Well, with you working here at SLU, um, what is one thing that you've developed with yourself during your time here? I would definitely say just the tenacity to be an immigrant. Um, I always felt like I was an immigrant just because moving a thousand miles across the country um, is no easy feat, especially uprooting your life in three days, which is what I did. Um, It was very difficult to make that huge transition away from my family and my friends and literally be in a world by myself. And so this time at SLU has really taught me to have that level of tenacity to, you know, have that level of camaraderie with my coworkers, even to just developing, you know, those connections with students as well and truly practicing what I preach to the students. You know, we talk about being able to network and we talk about not being afraid to put yourself out there and gain opportunities and leverage those business spaces. Um, And so just being able to take that advice and take heed of it myself while I've been here at SLU um, with opportunities that the university can truly provide for you if you allow it to. So I 100% think that those are main things that I've learned since I've been here this past year. And not only what have you learned with yourself, but what do you feel like you've learned with working with students here at SLU? Uh, I would definitely say even just the resignation between me and the international students that transition here when... I have had one-on-one sessions with them. You know, they talk about just the struggle of being in a new space and acclimating to the new culture and really trying to navigate those major changes. And so I found that those are just key talking points that I can relate to them about with being new and with transitioning to a new space. Um, The Midwest is completely different than the South and the East Coast. 
And so, especially the weather, because <laughs> I didn't own a sweater before I moved here. So just really connecting with students about my own journey uh, and having that level of transparency, which is what we desire them to have with us, you know, when they come in seeking assistance with career readiness, uh, we expect a certain level of transparency to what their needs are, as well as where they are and where they are in their path. And so being able to really learn that from students um, has been huge in my transition here. I love telling students that since I'm still relatively new here as well, even though it's been over a year, (laughs) (laughs) that like just not even knowing where things are when I'll like my students in my CP1 course, I'm like, you guys probably know where more halls are than I do, if I'm being honest. Yes, no, that is so true. I still have my welcome Yolanda sign on my door. (laughs) I love that. People are like, oh my God, you're new. And I'm like, yep, I'm new. Exactly. So give me a break. <laughs> so as we wrap up, is there any more advice that you have to give to our listeners? Yeah, we just, you know, encourage our listeners to not be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I think that when you really break free of your need to know and your need for certainty, then you give yourself access to learning more about yourself and learning your skills and your passions and your purpose. And I think that that's really what we are all here for, is to be able to live a life where we are fulfilled. So I definitely encourage our listeners to do that and really, you know, blaze their own trail. All right, listeners. Yes. Make sure you're writing down what she just had to say. All right. Well, with that being said, I think we've reached our time. I want to say again, thank you, Yolanda, for taking the time to speak with me about career development and how to get prepared and such for the future. Well, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. And I look forward to hearing more about the lunchtime. Hey, Nikhil, how are you doing today? I really wanted to say thank you for joining us on the launch pod. Oh, uh, thanks, uh, Ms. Rust. It was like a really very uh, uh, good uh, meeting you today. Like, uh, thanks for giving me this opportunity to be part of podcast uh, interviewing. Yeah. All righty. Well, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and for our listeners? Uh, yeah, uh, for the listeners. Hi, all. Hi there. Uh, I'm Nikhil Malatkar. Uh, I'm an international graduate student pursuing master's uh, degree in applied financial economics at Sheffield School of Business. I came in uh, to United States in fall 2022. So currently, uh, I'm working on uh, as international ambassador for the career services department here in the university. It's a student worker position. Uh, it's it's kind of 20 hour a week job. Uh, well, uh, the six months uh, I've been like working on this role for last six months, and it has been really very exciting. This journey I could cherish, like uh, it was. It was only the um, what we call 
first half of my academic year i was idle and then i got this job i'm really very happy uh, for that yeah uh, so um it well in my free time i enjoy uh, playing uh, eight ball and nine ball pool game i uh, i often listen to music and sometimes i also indulge into uh, playing bollywood tracks on dj instrument which i started with my uncle Wow, that's really cool. And I will always talk music with you, but I I will wait until we're uh, off air for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But I love hearing how you feel about working here just in the, I feel like you've been here for um just the, this. You, did you start this semester or was it last year? I can't remember. Uh, so it was summer, summer 23. It oh, has okay. been six months duration. No, that makes sense. And I hope I am going to continue the next semester. <laughs> I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. <laughs> well, speaking of that, even though I know we work together, I don't always see you. So mm -hmm. what do you do on an average day working as an international career ambassador? Oh, <laughs> to be honest, I feel this is the best job I got on campus. So uh, this, this job provides me uh, a lot of... Uh, chances to interact with students, employers, and we have a lot of uh, professional people coming and meeting us every time. But uh, to be honest enough, this job is not tiring, I feel. Sometimes I, uh, I even get sufficient time to work on my academics, or otherwise I can uh, spend my time building on my own profile. Well, on the work front, uh, I see the activities and International Career Services Ambassador performs are like we, we help students with counseling and advising. That's the main part. Yeah. So we meet uh, international graduate students to review their resumes, cover letters, help them in searching the on-campus on jobs. We also help them with uh, doing the search for internships and full-time. Uh, but this is not just uh, we helping on counseling and advising. We also have opportunity to help them on them to network. And in this process, even we do get chance to engage with employers. So uh, from careers, uh, career services front, uh, we help in fostering relationship with the organization and employers. So we we help students to have uh, communication. We, we make, uh, we hold some, uh, what we call, fireside chats. So we help uh, students in like building relationship with the organizations and employers. And uh, as part of the work workshop activities, we also uh, help students uh, in like, like we help uh, career services department in collecting the data of uh, students as what are their strengths, their weaknesses. This is a part of like, um, activity wherein like uh, we uh, take in information on uh, resource and we have them uh, we have the data uh, stored so that uh, whenever any student comes in future for career advising or any um, meet with uh, the counselors they get to uh, go back see what all the information they have given in past and that way they can like drill down and help the students really very well so lastly, we also work on skill enhancement program. So uh, off late uh, for last four months, we have been helping students with 
the develop uh, the training and development uh, activities where we advise them on do's and don'ts as what they should be uh, doing at us workplace like conducting workshops on how to create resume cover letter developing interviewing skills how to use interstride and linkedin resources and also the handshake which has been used by universities uh, and students to connect with the employers. What inspired you to start working for career services? Oh, well, uh, I would put this <laughs> across this way. Yeah. Even I myself am an international student and I understand the obstacles while hunting for an on-campus internship or on-campus role or internship role. Initially, even I, I have gone through uh, many challenges. I was one of the student who has been uh, at the office of career services for a resume uh, review one day. And th from there, I got to learn about the skill enhancement workshop, which I was, I, I got really very interested in. So I saw um, some of the student workers were helping on how to develop the interviewing skills. And then that from that day, I have been here at career services office for like continuously, maybe a week, I worked on each of my profile there. While I was working on my profile, I learned about an open uh, student worker position at career services department, which was posted on Handshake. And then that was the day I applied. And yes, my profile was shortlisted. I was interviewed. Yeah, here I am today <laughs> having a chat with you on podcast. <laughs> Apart from that, I always had a passion for career development and desire to help others uh, as what challenges I have been through and, and use all of my past experience helping them. I'm glad you applied because we, I know I've really appreciated your time here and I feel like we are very grateful for you as well. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that, uh, Mandy. Yeah, yes. So it has been a really very good experience until now. Yeah. Mm. Well, with that being said, since you said it's been a good experience, that's good to know. <laughs> what has having this role with career services taught you? Oh, really, it has been teaching me a lot since start of the day. Every day I learn something from each and every uh, student coming in or otherwise the event which we host. Yeah, every time it is a new lesson. So having a role in career services taught me uh, very useful lessons. Firstly, the importance of tailored guide, guidance, which we'll be uh, giving to the students. Each, uh, I, I believe that each uh, student has uh, a career journey, which is like unique. Uh, so that way, uh, while screening their profile, we navigate uh, through the uh, dynamic job market. We try to stay uh, informed about the industry trends and prepare uh, on the individual relevant skills for them. That way, yeah, we do the initial level of screening and then, yeah, if they need more help, they can like go back to the counselors. We have uh, counselors, as you know, we have counselors at, as per each department as assigned, so yeah. Moreover, the effective communication is the key, uh, is what I uh, have been seeing. Uh, so we, we guide students uh, who need to go through resume building, interview preparation and career planning which requires a clear communication. So even this skill I've been good, uh, like learning 
So every day it is a new experience with everyone. Yeah. I love that for you though. It's great to be able to learn. We're never finished, you know, in that sense. I know you brought up that you um, earlier that you had um, started here at SLU in the fall of 2022. So what brought you here and what does it offer you that other programs and opportunities didn't? Mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, believe me, uh, choosing SLU as an international student was a care careful consideration from my side. I've, I've seen several factors. Uh, I chose in the Applied Financial Economics program with Shepard School of Business. Yeah, uh, when I was comparing uh, SLU with all the other uh, colleges, the it SLU stood out on for uh, st stood out on academic excellence offering program aligned with my career goals. Apart from this, the college, the program coordinator and dean have been like really very flexible, and they allowed me and approved my request to taking the different coursework. So uh, I was uh, from a, I was a candidate with experience into banking and financial services. I chose a master's degree in the area of economics and finance. Again, uh, this was uh, to be uh, a 30 credit hour program, wherein initial 18 credit hours would be allotted to the majors, which I'm into the economics and finance. And the rest all 12 uh, credits were uh, where I was allowed by these uh, uh, by the uh, by the academic uh, by the admissions office to pick any subject from within SLU, meaning I could go and take papers from School of Professional Studies from project management where my interest lied. So yeah, that way I was this uh, I felt like uh, it was very custom and unique requirement being met in my case, hence SLU stood up in the list of uh, colleges where I had uh, I, I 20 liters SLU, yeah. We're really glad that you ended up picking SLU because again, Career Services is really appreciative, appreciative to have you. Um, what sorts of extra steps do international students have to consider or do that students from the US might not have to think about in order to go to a university in the United States? Well, um, international students face like additional considerations and uh, steps when applying. When you compare them with the uh, domestic students here in uh, already here, right? So, the the first uh, criteria I would mention is would be the student visas. International students typically need a student visa to enter United States. That is F one. And the application process involves a lot of paperwork. We have to submit all of our documents and then include I-20 re uh, received from the US universities. That is the first criteria. And yes, uh, even before that, uh, we have to go through language proficiency test, wherein many universities uh, require international students to go through IELTS and TOEFL uh, English language proficiency tests. So, these are the main uh, metrics. Uh, we should not uh, we should not again uh, miss out on the education credentials. We also have to like submit uh, our academic certificates, our what we call our transcripts being attested by the college or otherwise. Wes, that's an organization uh, authorizing the the legitimacy of. Uh, the 
student or candidate back from India. So back home, uh, so, so back home, we have to work on all of these things to like uh, get in a get into U.S. universities. And we shouldn't uh, uh, forget about a main document that is financial document. So international students will have to showcase the evidence that they can cover the tuition and living expenses. Uh, so this is the basic uh, requirement by any college uh, who asked, like even before issuing um, as a admission letter. And yes, uh, the health insurance, we can't like miss out, uh, out on this point. <laughs> this is like really very important to enter this land. We need a health insurance period. <laughs> Oh, I can only imagine so, what is like yeah. insurance. <laughs> yeah, insurance is on the top. We can't like uh, avoid that. So once enrolled, we'll have to like uh, get enrolled into uh, one. Once we enter the uh, United States and get into a university, we'll have to also be enrolled into some insurance plan within the university. Let's say we have slew. Uh, we have our own set of. Uh, requirement uh, when we take in it would be the high highest uh, and best top-notch uh, coverage which it provides but uh, slu also offers us to like take uh, the outside institution uh, but it should be matching the equivalent like equivalent it would be of equivalent uh, criteria and uh, yeah the other part is what we uh, differently uh, internationals have to do is we have to uh, speak to the folks from international office of international services every every co uh, college university has its own team so they would be helping uh, with uh, the uh, the international students with the ad admission assistance orientation programs they would be helping on advising they would help students to get cult uh, like have that cultural adjustment and they share more information on how to like maintain status while they being part of university. Yeah. Just hearing you talk about that, it is really eye-opening the, the amount of extra steps you guys have to do. Do you yeah. have advice for anyone listening who might be an international student? Mm-hmm. Well, I would I would like uh, advise all of the international students uh, who are like looking to get into SLU or otherwise applying to any other different colleges. I I always I would ask them to try to engage, meet new people, make friends from different ethnicities. This land provides us that opportunity to like meet people, and believe me, that is key to communication again. <laughs> I know as an international student, when I initially joined SLU, I took a little longer time thinking that I might make mistakes communicating. If if you think this, trust me, people don't judge here. That is what uh, answer I would want to give uh, to all the people uh, listening out there. Lastly, to have small talks. It is really very important to have small talks here with people. You try to learn play any sports, know about American football, basketball, uh, or any other sport. And I would also uh, ask people to know about St. Louis Cardinals team, know what is NFL, <laughs> know, yeah. what, know what is pool ball, and yeah. 
they might also, they, they might also go on uh, learn golfing these things might help them let uh, like help them have been able to hold some conversations when they are in groups have you ever been to a game oh i've never been to game but yes i enjoy seeing the nfl team uh, sorry uh, the nfl games uh, with my uncle every weekend you should definitely try before you end up leaving SLU to either go to a Cardinals game or a Blues game or a St. Louis City's game. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I could do that. Yes. Well, I'll get back to uh, my questions for you. <laughs> um, what are some barriers that you think exist for international students as they enter the job field? Because I already, obviously with those extra steps, you probably have some barriers with looking for jobs too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I personally experienced some uh, some of the uh, some of these when I was like initially applying for the interviews. The main, uh, the main, the, the main uh, point, uh, pain, pain area I would say, <laughs> would be the work authorization. See, international students face restrictions due to uh, visa status system. And not all organizations understand the regulations, and they might not. Uh, they uh, they uh, due to the lack of knowledge, uh, international students might be, not be able to apply for CPT or OPT uh, with them. So, so, uh, so it sometimes it's like challenge uh, trying to explain them about uh, the work authorization, the legit work authorization, which internationals have when they get into STEM programs. But yes, once known and been understood by the uh, HR onboarding team of them, it's like a smooth cakewalk. So now that you've been here since the summer, um, do you have any like general advice for all students that are about to enter the job field um, based oh. on your time working here? So uh, the general advice which I would share uh, to uh, uh, share with the with with the with all the students who are like trying to apply be here uh, at SLU is I would urge them ask them to meet their career counselors from career service like career services department like SLU offers there are a lot of uh, resources SLU offers uh, guidance on resumes cover letters job searches internship preparation these are the these are the like the most important tools uh, for uh, students to get into and to start early to think about like about the career plan the career counselors might uh, move view on this correct path they would understand and try to build the skills needed to apply for the roles which the students are looking for and the other part is, I would say, networking. This 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 skill can like open opportunities, and is key to valuable uh, market insights. I would recommend all international students to build their handshake and LinkedIn profile to start building the network. It is really very important. And lastly, uh, I would also ask them to make use of like during interviews, they could make use of start strategy. Uh, students can showcase their accomplishments uh, using this strategy. We often use this uh, terminology uh, while we are uh, helping students on 
how to build, how to write their resumes, and also developing interviewing skills. This strategy has been used in both the cases. Yeah. That's so awesome. I really am happy to hear just what you've gained again from working here since the summer. Um, so to close it out, is there anything else that you would like to tell us? So I would I would just uh, like to share one piece of information with the fresh international students. Since we have a huge number of uh, international disopera joining in slow with the dream of pursuing masters. Firstly, I would recommend uh, I would I would I would like to welcome and congratulate everyone who are joining in slow. Uh, now uh, I would uh, try to stress on a point which is like really very important that is road safety tip. I would urge everyone to follow the road uh, signs uh, while they are at the signal, the in intersections to while crossing the roads. Uh, why? Because we have um, several incidents where students uh, lost their lives. And I would like to share some other tips uh, that might be really very important uh, at US workplace. So we don't uh, we don't try to like exhibit uh, some actions purposefully, but they come out. So one thing is uh, I would ask internationals is uh, not to intrude someone's personal space, and be always kind and generous to everyone they meet. They should always be like watching at their tone and pitch while they are speaking to someone at university or workplace. And when we are trying to get our things done, uh, I would I would say them that do not escalate. Rather they could follow the hierarchy and they can get their things done. Uh, the last part would be, I would ask uh, them to see some US email writing skills, uh, learn them from online resources and use them as to communicate with their professors or otherwise a potential employer whom they might have met at any event. Thanks, Mandy. It was like nice connecting with you on this podcast. And thanks for giving this opportunity to me. Yeah. Not a problem at all. I'm really excited that you were able to meet with me and talk about all this. Like I said, I know we've been working together for a little while, but it's interesting to hear how your day-to-day -day, day -day goes compared to mine. Although they are very similar, but yet different. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again, thank you for joining us. Um, we really appreciate you having us or having you on the launch pod. And I really look forward to seeing you. All right. And enjoy the rest of your semester. Okay. Thanks. Welcome. Have a nice one. Thanks. That's all we have for you this month. Thanks again for tuning into the launch pod. Ready, set, launch.